Welcome to iFollow. What's up, everybody? It is episode 73 of iFollow. Um, it's been quite some time since the last time that we've spoken to you, I know, and we apologize sincerely for that. Um, adulting in real life tends to get in the way sometimes, but we try to make it work when we can. Um, and uh, we have a good episode today as a result of that, because the longer you wait with tech news, the more stuff happens because nothing ever stops in technology. So That's right. um, it only works out for you guys in a better way. So um, also, without further ado, I also wanted to mention that I'm joined by Jeff and Irvin today. What's up? It's good to have you guys. Irvin um, has been conscious not as long as we have. <laughs> so oh, accurate. Nap. Yeah. Call Irvin him. woke up like this. Call him out on the air. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I mean, you know, we we gave him the college professor time of waiting 15 minutes to respond to the message prior to starting the episode. And right at the 15 minute mark, we called you and you were able to wake up from your deep slumber. So you were able to ignore my call, which told us you were awake. We saw you hang up, you're like, oh great, but, he acted on it. But to be fair, you were probably tired because the three of us saw all minus the bear this weekend. Yes. It was our farewell show. And I'm really happy that I saw that. Worth mentioning, I think. Yeah. Always. Great show. Um also worth mentioning, we have a technology podcast that we should probably start. <laughs> um, so we have a couple of follow-up items uh, just to roll into the show with as warm of a segue as that was. Uh, NASA has officially fixed the Hubble Space Telescope um, by essentially turning it on and off again. So <laughs> yeah. the the Engadget article, it, it makes it as a joke, but it's, it's pretty spot on with what they did. Um, it's expected to start up again relatively soon. Um, so it had a backup, but when one of the gyroscopes, as I say, conked out in early October, the backup did not work as ex- as expected. Um, but they were able to just route the power to somewhere else and back again, which turned it on and off again, and now it works. So this is a nice little follow-up and happy to know that the Hubble Space Telescope isn't in any kind of peril. Um, it sounds like when you, and like I have on the screen now, the three paragraphs that essentially goes into what turning it on and off again actually means in terms of operating a satellite. (laughs) It's a little (laughs) slightly more complicated than that. Um, but it's basically just a series of spacecraft maneuvers in opposite directions to clear the blockage that might've caused anything to be off center. Um, and they just switched the gyros from like high to low mode for anybody who's interested in learning a little bit more of the details as to what happened with this telescope. Um, just as a quick recap, it's if there, there's plenty more in this article. The Engadget, Engadget had a nice write-up on what happened with this telescope. Just, um, just but wild. yeah, it's, it's just it's just wild that that thing was off for seven and a half years before they tried to use it again. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, like you said, more details in the article. Mm-hmm. No, it was a, it was it was interesting. It was a really fun read, and like it's just like weird how satellites are maintained. Like the fact that they're able to do this without sending a person out there is like mind blowing to me. And it's just this like tube floating in space, but that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, another thing worth mentioning is that there was a follow up for the Bloomberg. Um, story that came out, I think, a couple weeks ago, the last time we had a show. Yeah. Um, they have officially been banned from Apple's event. Uh, <laughs> they've gotten the old red, they've gotten the old, uh, they're on the, the crap list for Apple's future events. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be invited back ever again. Um, at least for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Apple's, for, yeah. Apple's hold, to do that. Yeah. They, they, they're the ones known to hold uh, grudges against certain. Um, news entities mm-hmm. uh, like that was with uh, Gizmodo when they leaked the iPhone 4. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. People have been kicked off of Apple events for far less. Yes. <laughs> yes, they have. That's for yeah. sure. Yes, they have. <laughs> um, like even people like who've just done stuff during the event, like um, just like random stuff that you do, like over 
like I guess people bring in their own equipment or something like that and get kicked out because Apple doesn't like what they're doing during the presentation. So they're watching you when you're there. So um, but yeah, they're they're officially on the naughty list. Yeah, and so. that's with Apple and Amazon. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Tim Cook and Jeff Bezos are both uh, calling on Bloomberg to retract that story, and Bloomberg's not doing it. Uh, the NSA and the Department of Homeland Security are both saying there's basically no justification to that story, but Bloomberg's standing by it. Uh, That's really interesting. But they, yeah, it's it's really interesting. But Bloomberg hasn't provided any additional evidence. Yeah, they yeah. just said that it's been it was a year of research. So yeah. So for right now, I I don't think we really have any grounds to speculate on when it comes to like whether it's truth or not, because I feel like if Bloomberg had this evidence, they'd release it. What a weird like move though, right? Like Bloomberg's not a tiny name. Like people know about them and then they're doing just fine. But then they're just like Amazon and Apple are hacked and we've been (laughs) researching it for a year. (laughs) It's like, um, I want to, first off, I want to see these chips. Second off, like I want to know what's actually happening. Third off, like, It'd be one thing if, like, maybe they just got a bad batch of devices or something, or yeah. like somebody tampered with a device after the fact. Because, like, when when it comes down to it, like that stuff's impossible to manage after it's sold. I think I think the only logical explanation is that when Alex Jones was banned from Twitter, he took up post at Bloomberg and <laughs> <laughs> came up with this conspiracy theory. Yeah, <laughs> the frogs made him do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh did you see the the one meme where it was like name a more iconic duo and it was alex jones and frogs <laughs> <laughs> it was just like i'll wait <laughs> i've seen a, i've seen a oh, lot man. of those memes but not that one it's the little things that kill me i yeah. love it um but yeah uh so <laughs> moving into the next topic um electric cars are having a nice little speed boost in Austria, um, (laughs) both literally and metaphorically. Um, They are, um, I didn't know Austria had a IGL hundred zone or several zones. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know about that. I I didn't know their pollution was that bad. Yeah. Um, We were reading up on this a bit before the show, Matt and I were talking about it and I mean, yeah, it, I, I would think of this in like big cities, like maybe your LA's or like your right. big big cities in China. But I, I, Austria is not a big name to get thrown around with air pollution. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so for for some background to this event, I, I don't know how much Urban has had to look up into this yet, but um, there is some IGL hundred zones, as I said, scattered throughout Austria, which combined for a total of 440 kilometers of road across that country. And an IGL 100 zone is basically a zone with a reduced speed limit for internal combustion engine vehicles um, so to, to help mitigate the emissions mm-hmm. in those areas. So what this is proposing is essentially that they're going to um, increase the speed of an electric vehicle in or allow faster speeds of up to 130 kilometers an hour. Oh. Um, I don't yeah. know what that translates to in miles per hour just because I, I don't know math. Like 80. 80. Yeah. yeah. 80. Okay. But, um, Relatively yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting um, that they would do that. It makes sense. Right, so like they're you're not causing any <laughs> extra pollution, no matter how fast you go on an electric car. Yeah. Um, although at those speeds, electric cars do become way less efficient. Yeah. Not by a significant amount, but you know, a noticeable oh. amount, amount more than more than you would notice in like a regular car. Yeah. Um, hmm. the sweet spots around sixty-five to seventy-five. But yeah. just that little bit of, of five miles, I think, or yeah. Um, Either way, it's still nice. Yeah, I it might drive an increase in, in electrical vehicle sales, depending if people want to go that fast. It's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know if Austrians are like Germans; they just want to go fast. Maybe uh, like the autobahn. It's kind of a nice yeah. incentive, though, to have the option to, um, like. 
it's a kind of a nice like double edged sword in terms of helping out emissions when you have these IGL hundred zones, because now not only are you incentivizing people to go slower to save on emissions, but now you're also saying, Hey, if you buy an electric vehicle, you don't have to abide by those limits. Yeah. Um, That's like, but yeah, it's a, if you do the math there, if it's 440 kilometers of highway, so that shaves like an hour off your drive on that stretch if you're making it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I wonder. And I wonder what enforcing that looks like though. Like, are they, do they have like cops in there, like with some kind of like sound detection device, like to check the <laughs> decibels and be like, oh, that's a gas engine. We're going. I don't even know. That's interesting. Know that's interesting. Maybe they have like a kind of like how I'm pretty sure the Autobahn has it where they have little zones where you have reduced speeds and like there's like cameras that if it'll it'll occasionally clock you. And if you're going over those speeds, they'll automatically send you a ticket. Yeah, that's probably more likely. Yeah. And if now they just look if you have an exhaust pipe or not. Or yeah, that well, or, look I at guess. the registration, too. You can look at the license plate and see what kind of car is registered to it. Yeah. Right. You can look at the third database. Um, definitely the most likely. I think. Yeah. I think that looks like an exhaust tip on that car. You got to charge them. <laughs> yeah, because at 80 miles an hour, you can't really tell. Although electric cars are silent, but at 80 miles an hour, they all sound the same. Yeah. And also the all, tire also. noise and the wind <laughs> noise. And according to my my little mocking there, Austrians all sound like Texans, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing some weird accent when I make my little statements, too. But Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Whenever I'm speculating on speed limits, I always turn into a Texan. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think that looks like a hundred kilometers there. You don't want this guy in your passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, it's a dangerous person to have in your passenger seat. Um, but yeah, that's I'm like speaking of passenger seats. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful. But um, that's I think it's a good topic to to talk about just because that's like. Another incentive for electric vehicles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But there's some other incentives in that article too. I don't know if you mentioned. Uh, I did not. I don't actually have it up in front of me right now, but I think that one of them was that there's free parking for electric vehicles in Austria. Um, oh, nice. And I don't recall this other feature. Oh, opening to bus lanes. That's what it so is. So they can drive in bus lanes. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Because yeah. there's obviously less traffic in those. Um, yeah. But what if that, there's more? <laughs> I feel like that that would be probably a good thing. A lot of buses. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be a good thing. I yeah. think it's gonna um, take a lot of cars off. But back to the comment about yeah. you know speaking of people in the passenger seat or sidekicks, whatever I said. Um, there's a new bug on the Pixel Three XL that's pretty pretty <laughs> laugh worthy. Um, mm. Is it a bug or a feature? <laughs> I, I think I think Google heard the feedback from uh, all the people who hate the notch. They're like, "All right, I'll give, just give you another one." You're just gonna spoil <laughs> spoil my drop there by mentioning notch. All right, so there, there's if if you like the one notch on the Google Pixel Three XL, uh, there's apparently now a bug that the second. Uh, <laughs> Matt, I don't think you have up the article right now but if you could throw that up on the screen pretty right hilarious yeah yep. so <laughs> there's the regular notch at the top of the screen and then just about an, an inch down into the right there's just another notch on the screen. <laughs> now while i will say that this is a hilarious bug um unless you're counting this <laughs> tiny little notch here that is also formed which i'm assuming is what the phone thinks is the corner of the phone yeah uh, it's like right next to the little picture in the photo it's like Which, just below the notch yeah um, this is still in compliance with google's official statement on the appropriate number of notches for a smartphone it's true so and we did google see said no more than two we did see in their so. code that there was a second notch in their coding but um or the ability to have more than one notch yeah mm -hmm. but um i think what's pretty funny about this picture on this website is that the article on the Google website says Apple isn't selling its own cases for the iPhone XR. And that's pretty strange. <laughs> not the two yeah. notches on this screen right now. Yeah. It's not the notches. Carry on. With it. You can ignore those. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at the new Palm mobile, they have four notches on their screen. Yeah. That's actually a joke. But 
it even happened to several like this even happened to like some some pretty big youtubers also so i wonder if it's i don't know if they talked about um in this article because it looks like it thought the phone that turned and it turned the notch with it yeah. like when you turn yeah. your phone into landscape mode mm-hmm but even still, that's not where the notch would go in landscape mode. So yeah, right, it's weird. exactly. The notch doesn't move. It, it's, you, don't, yeah. you, you know what it is, I think? I think it doesn't update like the number of pixels that's offset from that top left corner. That must be what no it idea. is. It this doesn't, is a it doesn't, hilarious bug, like, though. When you change it, the, like, the width and the height reverse, right? When you switch orientations at the phone. But if it doesn't do that... It's just going to keep that same as if it's in portrait mode. When you go to landscape, it still keeps that same offset that it has in portrait mode. Yeah. But all, all those reviewers <laughs> saying that the notch eventually fades away. We'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ignore this notch. <laughs> oh, man. It's this pretty. is this also, is like if you wanted to get thing. if you wanted to get like a third notch, you can go into developer settings and enable the bottom notch, too. So you can get, actually get three notches on your screen. My goodness. Imagine yeah. if you did that and there were just like cameras where you put the notches. Was, I was like, sorry. whoa. I'm done. Just appeared. Yeah. What exactly. kind of technology is this? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> One of the comments on this article. <laughs> it's a preview of the Pixel 4. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, That's good. Because you can put if you put a notch right there, think of all the possibilities. You could have a hardware power button on the front of the phone. You could totally do that. <laughs> Just have a button to, re- to restart your phone right there on the screen. This is this really this is what 2019 looks like, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Notches aren't going away; they're just becoming more frequent. <laughs> it's um, you know what's also going away: universal third-party uh, fast Qi chargers. Oh, <laughs> I still clicked on the article right after to follow up with that. Oh man, Irvin, that was so good. Yeah, that was that transition <laughs> um, was so good. Uh, well, was it looks like, yeah, it looks like uh, Google's adding uh, DRM to their. Uh, Wireless Qi chargers, <laughs> the Pixel stand that they launched with the Pixel 3 uh, supports up to 10 watts of wireless charging. Um, there are some other 10 watt uh, Qi wireless chargers out there on Amazon that you can buy uh, from reputable brands like Anchor and, and people like that who make good stuff. Um, but uh, if you are using those types of chargers with your Pixel 3, it won't actually charge at 10 watts. Yeah. Only the official, any authorized uh, you know, wireless charger can only support those 10 watts. So you have to go through this certification process with Google before the phone can actually officially support that 10 watt speed. I was following this pretty closely just because like this is the last thing that I expected to hear from Google with the Pixel. Like if you had told me that Google did this and not Apple first, I would have called you a liar. Or it um, made sense if, like, Samsung did it, too. Um, yeah, even Samsung, yeah. But Samsung and even Apple are supporting the open Qi standard, which is, like, mind-blowing to me that Google, who has been common for making fun of these phone companies for not following standards, is doing this. And um, just, a, just a clarification, it's not so much that the phone... That that the the Pixel stand is DRM locked to a 10 watt charger, so much as it is that Google's 10 watt charging isn't Qi, if that makes sense. Yeah, so they sort of forked the Qi standard. Yeah, so it's um there it's apparently it does support 10 watt wireless charging, but it's not Qi that gets it there. Qi charging is included in this device, but it only goes up to five watts. Which, if you ask me, is ridiculous. So, according to this article by ours, the official Qi standard goes up to 12, 15 watts. Mm-hmm. So, why would Google not just use the official Qi standard? Right. And also, like 10 watt wireless chargers, uh, for if you're looking at Qi ones, you can get them for as cheap as like 15 bucks, 10 bucks. So, right. so this, this potential is there in the charging hardware. It's just the actual phone that doesn't allow it to charge at that speed right technically no because the 10 watt charging isn't it's just not chi so if they 
they can't just roll a software update out and fix that. It's locked to whatever Google's proprietary chi charging is. I don't even I don't they I don't think they went in to mention if it was a um oh it's a, a they do at the in like the last sentence and then it's a hardware decision, not a software decision. So that's hmm. it's just really shady and weird. It, yeah, and it's kind of like it's a weird place to draw the line, right? Like if you're Google, you're drawing the line at wireless charging stands. Like, nope. This yeah. is where we're gonna make right. our money. Like, like it's such really? a dumb thing to to limit people with. Like, especially like because you know that all the ones that come out that support this for 10 watt are gonna be expensive also. Yeah. And right. now all these other companies have to roll out Google standards and they gotta cater to two different Qi standards, which is like it, it this is this is why we can't have nice things when it comes to charging because sure. everybody has to implement their own standard yeah. and everybody's got to be so like, no, look at ours. Google's does an encrypted handshake that has data that goes to your charger as well. So it becomes a Google home. Look at this. So like, I know that we go ahead, go ahead Irvin. I, I was just thinking, so does it have to do, do you think it has to do with the special features that this pixel stand does? Like when you put it into that mode, because it pretty much turns it into a mini Google Home mm-hmm. with a screen once you put it into that stand mode. I think that's um, like what if they're like, okay, if we want to limit that feature to our Pixel stand so people buy it, so that okay, we'll enable 10 watt charging on other devices. You just won't get the Pixel stand mode or the Pixel, you know, the special stand mode. I, I, I'd be fine with that. I think that's a fair compromise. I think that's what. But, I think that's what this started as, mm-hmm. and then they probably yeah. like, uh, like the if like maybe people won't care that much about that, but if the charging slower too, then they're definitely gonna care. That's why we're like if 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 that were the case and this was the article, would we be talking about this on air right now? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if that's it. Like I, it's coming, I, I don't know how the Pixel Stand works. I don't know like what its internals are but the way i had imagined it is that it would be some kind of like an nfc handshake maybe that is used with the phone when it's plugged in or when it's resting on it and the 10 watt charging in my opinion i thought would have just been to compensate for the additional power being used by the phone's screen and processor in order to become that assistant like that secondary google home device that's what I thought that would be for, just because the five watt charging might not be fast enough. I don't know. If like people, that, that's the other alternative here. If like, you're if you're looking for a fast charge, though, why even use Qi, right? Because right. because it's in this case at max ten watts, probably five if you're using third party, and if you yeah. plug into a wired charger, it's eighteen. So, yeah, because I the mean, Pixel Stand, um needs an application in order to function properly. Mm-hmm. So my understanding is that that probably simply just launches the app when it detects that it's charging on the pixel stand through some kind of a handshake NFC contact. And like that just launches the app and allows that to interface. And then the app just needs a 10 watt charger in order to break even on its, on its features. But that's, 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 that's how I'm looking at it. And I'm trying to figure out why, like, why they needed to abandon the Qi standard in order to achieve this. Yes. And like you're saying, if it's a fair, if it's a trade-off like that, then that's a fair compromise. But I would like to know, like, the hardware reasoning as to why as well. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just a dumb move. Overall. I think so. I think so too. And you guys poked yeah. fun at Samsung and Apple, like, oh, I would have suspected them of this. Are are they doing the same thing? I don't know. I don't no. think they support. 10 watts. The iPhone only goes up to 7.5 uh, um, max, and I'm not sure about the Samsung phones. I know they have like the special uh, Samsung fast wireless charging pads. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an open standard. I um, think it is. I think it's yeah. just a higher wattage. I think it's. Yeah. I think they're just 10 watts. Yeah. Um, but because I was looking at them when I was looking for a wireless charger myself, but um, I mean, seven and a half watts is still fine for most people yeah i don't um, think like this really matters a whole lot because if you're putting your phone on a wireless charger you're probably gonna let it sit there for a while but yeah right or no. have it on your desk and just sit there right and just plop it on all day and you or your just night- nightstand trickle, or whatever yeah. trickle charges it's probably it's probably better for the battery too to be honest it's yeah. charging floor um yeah. i make it a point to slow charge my phones at night 
yeah. just because of the battery use that happens. Yeah, exactly. Why 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 do you need to charge your phone in an hour if you're not gonna use it for like six or seven? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah. Save the battery. It makes sense. Um but like the that's not the, the the point of this isn't whether chi charging is fast or not. It's yeah. the, the reason why we're reporting on this is because one, Google didn't tell anybody about this. Like it took an Ars Technica article of someone who had purchased a um fast ch- uh chi charger through Anchor and found out that it doesn't work. It took that happening for Google to come out with an official statement. And second, it's a fork of a standard, which is always a dangerous thing. And look what happened with USB. You have USB power (laughs) delivery, you have USB data, sync, like all these different kinds of USB. Some that support higher wattage charging, some that have smart, like whatever Belkin's technology is, like the IQ, I think is what it's called, for like their smart charging. Um, Like you have like 50,000 different standards. Mm, and IQ is very similar to Qi. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was an I, astute observation. I agree with your comment on the fork. I think that if Google were to come out though and like admit or even advertise this, that would make them look so much worse though. Yeah. They're like, you have to buy this if mm-hmm. you want fast charging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah, it's know, like the but, only way to fast charge. But I agree. I think we all agree this is dumb yeah google i am very disappointed in you for doing dumb things this is not very this is not very nice they're almost certainly listening because we are hanging out with them right now i got sundar on speed dial (laughs) (laughs) i know for a fact he's gonna want to see this just like what if he joined our hangout right now what what if he joined the hangout right now I would be impressed. I mean, technically, we're within his domain. This is a Hangouts call. That's, yeah. So I'm and maybe he likes dogs. <laughs> I'm currently, Liza has approached. So. I also want to just comment on the fact that we opened this uh, article up saying, you know, DRM chargers. And just a shout out to episode zero, the pilot episode of this podcast, hey. DRM juicers and Ovaltine. <laughs> oh, man, those are the days. Yeah, that was actually recorded live in person. Which we got to do more of those. Like more than that one, because that's the only one we've ever done. <laughs> no, we did two. We did two. Yeah, we did two. Okay. We did two. I don't think you were a, a part of the second yeah. one. Oh, right. Yeah, so the, we, we did two live ones, but one with you on it. So your, your, your attendance for the live shows is 50%. <laughs> Are you coming? Are you, are you mocking my spreadsheet right now? Right. <laughs> no. Not on air, Matt. Not on air. Wow. I know, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the like, much like how Sundar Pichai is very excited to get into our Hangouts calls at all times, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are very excited to watch the 12-hour New Year's Eve Fortnite stream in Times Square. Oh my goodness. Yeah. See, that was a segue. Look at that one. It's very, um, very good. Yeah, so just because, you know, it's there's Liza. Not to talk about Fortnite again. Um, Ninja is going to be doing a 12-hour broadcast of the game in Times Square on New Year's Eve. Yeah, uh, sponsored by his partner, uh, Red Bull. I don't know if you've ever watched Ninja, either of you guys, or anyone out there. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I checked him out once, and he has like a little mini fridge next to his computer just stocked with the Red Bull sugar-free and Red Bulls, like the regular one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... No wonder this guy can play Fortnite for hours on end. Yeah. <laughs> Does this make like uh, professional gamers plus streamers now like kind of mainstream? Pretty much. Like, I would New, say New Year's Eve yeah. in Times Square is pretty much like, you know, everybody watches that. I know it's not going to be broadcast at all yeah. like actual TV. I think he's playing. Oh, he's playing. He's playing. He's in a live stream from Times Square. So it's, uh, that's right. that's the ambiguity I didn't get in this it's it's a land party with his friends i believe and i don't know yeah. i don't think that it's like anything on any yeah, public actual, broadcast like, right yeah, yeah broadcast i think that TV. he's just gonna be in Times square like in some building in Times square playing fortnite with his friends with like probably some backdrop of the ball or something like that yeah they'll probably Which, have some like event or some special stuff happen for it too to make it better but like this this like whole streaming thing like to go back to what you guys were saying like he showed up on ellen 
over the past couple of weeks. Oh yeah, the guy's like, huge, he was, man. He was like, like, and and like not only that, but like, I see like kids everywhere, like just twitching at the thought of doing a Fortnite dance, or like <laughs> you see like. I've I've even seen like football players doing celebrations, doing these dances when they, score, when they have touchdowns in the NFL. Yeah, I've, yeah, same here. Did you just pun Twitch, by the way? Because that was good. Did I? I don't know if you meant it. You said kids were twitching with the dances, <laughs> but um, that was. It's just a part of me now. The puns just the, happen naturally. The guy has twenty million YouTube subscribers. Yeah, and he streams himself playing video games. Yep, that's it. I mean, say what you will about streamers or even like this generation of humans, but like that's impressive that 20 million people routinely want to know what you're doing just because you play video games. Yeah, the dude averages like upwards of 80,000 people every stream at all times watching him. And, and the whole like, time, so do you ever watch the donation? I've never like taken tally, but do you ever watch the donations? Yeah. It's just like hand over fist. People are just like, here's 50 bucks. Here's a hundred bucks. Here's like $1. Here's 50 more dollars. Like, yeah, no, it's mind blowing. How a, effective with a good job, models. with a good job in one day, you probably make less than that guy does on one single game. And he, that takes him like five minutes. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. nuts. How like, and then like after he's done a game, he'll like read off all the donations and like it's just like it carries all the way into like the next game and i'm just like jesus oh my god i'm just like yeah. i'm i'm curious how many people are going to actually tune in for this because it's new year's eve and like there's things going on there's stuff to do like even if you're a kid and you're into streaming like you're probably gonna hang out with like your family or friends or something like yeah or I, if you're like an adult you may just be intoxicated well, in some in some fashion yeah agreed but i'm just curious to see like what the actual viewer count is for this i mean red yeah. bull's buying into it like it's a big deal i'm gonna think it's gonna be fairly high even though it's on new year's eve people have like oh we just can't have like a if if like kids like in their third you know 13 to 17 or whatever the age group um you know that that like okay let's just you know hang out watch ninja stream we you know, could like have like a mini land party of our own while yeah. we watch him or something. I, I yeah, agree. You know. And it is from 4 p.m. Eastern till 4 a.m. Eastern. So there is that eight hour window prior to midnight. Right. Mm -hmm. Cover the globe. It's just yeah. like, as I, it's. He says there's going to be surprises, like some kind of like surprises he's going like to drop. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe like maybe there'll be like new costume packs people can see for the first time with him or something like that. But could have know. Drake on again. He could. Yeah. I mean, that was huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What if his what if his land party with his he said some of his best friends, like he doesn't say who. What if it's just like all these famous people playing Fortnite yeah. with him? Yeah. It's just a bunch of celebrities, Ellen DeGeneres, Drake. <laughs> <laughs> neither man. neither of those would surprise me. Yeah, and I'm gonna say that despite the fact that like this is a a Twitch stream on a very busy holiday for a lot of people, that it's still gonna number in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So we'll see. It's yeah. it it, re it remains to be seen, but I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing what that becomes. Yeah, it's just. Just a, what, another what a time to be alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And, like, this whole thing, like, who could have predicted that this game would get so big? Right. Like, I don't know. Um, you you know who made more money than Ninja over the past weekend? IBM. The, the, no, the shareholders <laughs> of Red Hat. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pretty IBM, sure. IBM paid out money. I, I, their shareholders of Red Hat. I'm pretty sure um, IBM still made more money than this weekend. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. But the shareholders of Red Hat are quite happy uh, with today's news. Um, their stock jumped 50% uh, this morning. Yeah. It was insane. Um, so IBM officially uh, announced that uh, they're buying Red Hat. Um, an open source cloud computing or cloud computing provider uh, company mm -hmm. um, for was it 36 35 34 34 yeah. 34 billion dollars which is the largest software acquisition um, ever 
Yeah, to think LinkedIn goes like two thirds of that is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> they Dude. were like twenty six or twenty three billion or something yeah, like that. But Red Hat is everywhere, and you don't even know it. I know, and um, a lot of people are worried about this acquisition. Well, they said, well, I guess we haven't seen yet, but the same thing's happening with that GitHub Microsoft whole deal. Yeah. But- it's the same fears that you have this big corporation who comes in and buys something that everybody loves and uses, and it's, um, and they're worried that they're going to change the like mission statement of it and like change the entire direction of the company and make it worse. Well, the so, '90s can't let go, so Microsoft right. and IBM are, you know, strangleholding new companies. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, not that Red it is new, but. At least Verizon didn't buy them. That's all I have to say. Oh, that's true. Um, can you go? Can you go? Either one of you go in a little bit more in detail about what Red Hat, Red, what Red Hat is, and like some uses of it, so that way anybody who doesn't know what Red Hat is, kind of has an idea of what this means to them. Or so they're also I'm kind of curious too because I don't know much with Linux. I haven't played around with Linux all that much. Interesting. Huh. I always assumed you're a Linux guy for some reason, but okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a um, open source software and cloud services company. Uh, it's a distribution of Linux, as Matt just mentioned. If you're not aware, Linux is an operating system, which is like Windows or uh, Macintosh, you know, OS 10, as you guys have taught me, or like Windows 10. Um, but it's a very popular one. Um, there's an enterprise edition of it. Uh, it is um, very user friendly and it, it has a lot of different um, uses in provi- uh, professional settings so it has a uh, heavy presence on like server environments and uh, cloud environments yeah. a lot so, of lot of big applications are powered by this as a back end so most people will never interact with this directly yeah right but more like more than likely if you are using an online service, you are interfacing it through, you know, it's running on an, on a Red Hat or RHEL, if you will, Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a very popular and well-used Linux distribution, probably one of the most, if not the most, I assume that like probably Ubuntu's got more, but um, yeah, this, this is... Um, still surprising to me though honestly yeah they're they're saying it's about scale so that makes sense just being able to kind of scale up as a a business yeah and to be able to extend their reach to more places that would be huge especially if um ibn recognizes the value of red hat and wants to see that continue so they'll they'll maybe hopefully take a minimal kind of hands-off approach and just fund them just because they see the value in it. I think uh, maybe the bundling of the hardware and software to not only would help their own presence in the, the cloud environment, like being able to host these giant server farms for people to buy real estate in, but also potentially like selling that as equipment for private labs or companies or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably their motive here. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they're uh, like, like we were, like we mentioned earlier, they've long since been a partner of Red Hat. Um, and it's like, it's become the, the Red Hat in particular has become more ingrained in IBM's culture. So it kind of this purchase kind of makes sense. And a lot of people have been speculating about this purchase for a long time. Um, so it's been kind of just a matter of when and not if right. in terms of this purchase. But um, without anything else needing said, this is huge for IBM, like you were saying, just because this could give them an extra edge in software, which um, I think... IBM has been pretty quiet in as of late. So having a firm base, especially considering that Red Hat is the number one Linux provider in the business world, that's huge for Red Hat. So, and huge for IBM. And I'm wondering if we'll see IBM just try to corner the market in enterprise Linux technology uh, going forward because they are in a very good position to do so right now. 
So yeah, that's it's like a, a crazy story that like it's one of those things where like you you can't help but kind of worry a little bit that they don't change too much about it. And it stays largely just a scale and purchase type decision and not anything else. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for, at least. Yeah. Hopefully Red Hat stays Red Hat and IBM lets it do its thing. Yeah, so far in the article in the beginning, it said it will remain its own unit within IBM. Yeah. And um, they committed to remain, you know, keeping that open source ethos mm-hmm. uh, that Red Hat is famous for. And the developer community, huge support behind there as well. Good. Um, so we'll see where that, you know, if that actually plays out. You know, companies say all all kinds of things when they get acquired, <laughs> when they acquire another company, and then those things don't turn out to be true very, a couple yeah. months later down the line. So we'll we'll see. But that's what they say at least. Very accurate yeah. statement. Yeah. Yes. Um, we have a new phone to talk about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh it was supposed to be launching tomorrow, but another event is happening tomorrow. So like uh yeah, we should move our date. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to have you don't want to have an event on the same day as Apple, you will get overshadowed. Yeah, yeah nobody sure. will notice you. Um Yeah. Like that's what Microsoft does. They're just like, we have one too on the same day as an Apple event. And everyone's like, What? Oh, okay. <laughs> I think they did that last year. Yeah. But um I remember the one first plus. yeah, the one plus, but I just want to make a comment. Apple did that. To uh, so the very first iPhone launch was during CES at their own event, and everybody just stopped talking about the uh, the CES. Anything happening at CES was all about the iPhone. <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty pretty sweet move by them. Yeah, sure. they, they, a typical they, Apple move. They wanted to make a big splash. Yeah, and um, they did. Um, yeah. Look where we are now. But yeah. Um, one plus six T. This is arguably the coolest Android phone coming out right now, for good reason. Yeah. Um, first off, that notch is amazing. It's like th- it's a more tasteful version of what Essential pulled off. I think. Mm, yeah. It's very- Essential was that really like harsh. Like, yep. There's this just this yep. display line of of uh, uh, for the camera, but this is more you know designed to be look like a. Teardrop, but I think that's what they officially call it. Teardrop it's, notch. It's very subtle. Uh, yeah. Very subtle. Yeah. Um, although they're not putting any extra sensors in there like the iPhone. So the iPhone justifies it because they have all the face ID stuff in there. Um, and that's that's good. Yeah. Like yeah. and and it's nice because the notch is only consumed by the space that's needed by what it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. There's no extra space. And um there is a really good verge review of the Google Pixel, and they had brought up that. A phone with a notch, it, it, the notch is okay as long as the phone can justify the purpose of the notch. Mm-hmm. And right. the fact that this only contains a tiny camera and that's all the space it uses up, that's enough justification for me. I think the opposite I, is also true. Like this phone, it's it's justified that it doesn't have face reading technology because it has a small attractive notch and this f- new fingerprint reader. Yeah, screen. let's talk about that because this yeah. is another thing that is in the thumbnail that's currently on the stream. <laughs> so a lot of people watching might be curious <laughs> to see what that is. Um, but yeah, it's in the screen and it's the first, like, I, I almost, I, I, I don't want to call them a flagship because they've always advertised their sums, themselves as the flagship killer. Um, but it's the first one in a popular mainstream phone or quickly becoming popular mainstream phone. More on that later. It's um, <laughs> available in the U.S. too. Yeah. All the other ones that came out prior to it were all like Chinese phones that you really couldn't get here unless yeah. you imported it. Um, yeah. They're making a, a heck of a, of a landing hmm. in into the U.S. space. Um, just because like this phone is not only is it cheap, but it's powerful and it is loaded with specs i have to um, i have to correct myself it it does have face id unlock yeah, oh, yeah. androids have that have has done that but it's not as advanced you know as android it's, it's just yeah. a regular you know using the camera and the facial recognition I, technology I, in there i just, had, I just had to correct myself because i was yeah. my earlier comment yeah. mm-hmm. sorry matt and no it's all good and 
Uh, we said this during the pre-show, but I do want to make this uh, known to the public that we, I think, had a episode a long time ago on like what phone you should get um, when you were looking, Jeff. Yep. And um, one of the things we said was you could not get the OnePlus phone because it was not available in a T-Mobile network. Right. And now that phone is available in T-Mobile. Well, it was, uh, it was Verizon. Verizon. Yeah. Right. but Oh, and the yeah, Verizon, right. I knew what you it meant. Was, I'm just excited the fact that it's officially licensed under T-Mobile, so it's going to be in T-Mobile stores. Yeah, so, you can actually buy and buy walk into a T-Mobile store and buy a OnePlus. Also, they announced that uh, a huge list of uh, phones available for trade-in, and no matter which one of those phones you trade in and whatever uh, condition, uh, you can get up to $300 in trade-in value. So it goes back, and it, it includes all of the previous OnePlus phones uh, back to the OnePlus 3. So if you have a OnePlus 3, you want to go to T-Mobile, they'll give you $300 off of this new phone. That's absolutely insane. Um, yeah. It applies to iPhones as well. Back to, I think, the 6S. Uh, they are some LG phones on there um, as well. It's, hu- it's a huge list of, of phones that are that are offering this uh, discount. So if you were thinking about switching to OnePlus and you are on T-Mobile or you don't... Uh, and or currently want or looking to switch to T-Mobile, I think it's a great deal to say, oh, I have this phone on X great carrier and I want to switch and give you a great uh, percentage off of the current phone, which is already cheap. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention it, but the yeah. price starts at $549 for a six, gig- six gigabytes of RAM and 120 gigabytes of storage. What is this, 2015? <laughs> This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And a 3,700 milliamp hour battery, which is only 300 milliamp off of the Note 9's huge 4,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this has a slightly lower resolution screen, which should equate to even more battery life, right? Because it doesn't have to run that many pixels. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And OnePlus has always been doing lower resolution screens, and I think most people don't notice. It's and uh, after important a certain to point. Know- Low resolution is still 1080p. Yeah, right. <laughs> Most people will never notice a difference, and you also get extra battery life. So I think yeah. it's a great trade-off. And then I, they stuck this huge battery in there. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to to see when the reviews, which some actually drops, because a couple early YouTubers, uh, as also The Verge, have gotten early access to this phone. And so as soon as they launch this phone, the, the reviews already drop uh, for uh, this phone. And, and so far, the from what I've seen, the battery reviews have been good uh, yeah overall some, no i'm i'm excited about this phone there's Can some other cool stuff too right like if you buy it outright from oneplus it has two sim slots if i'm yeah. not mistaken they've mm-hmm. I think they've always buy- had two sim slots and they're all of their oneplus phone which is really a, a uh not a us really feature well since the oneplus two i think Okay. I don't think the OnePlus One had a dual SIM. All right, so almost all of them. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's a cool feature, regardless. <laughs> I think. Right yeah, yeah. Because oh. the iPhones just sort of came out with it with a combo of the eSIM and the regular SIM, right? Um, with their new phones, but OnePlus has been doing this for quite a while. Uh, so if you wanted to have a phone with, let's say, one T-Mobile, one Verizon, you could do that. Uh, yeah. Have two separate numbers. Maybe you have a work number and a, a personal number. Now you don't have to carry around two phones. Um, you just pop both of the sims in there and then you have access to both uh, numbers right on your phone which is pretty cool yeah I'm um, it's like it's crazy that the base model of this has 128 gigabytes yeah of storage. they don't even offer anything lower yeah um, that's awesome and um just also just some some other specs about this um the screen is a little bit better than you might think Irvin it's mm-hmm. 402 pixels per inch which is pretty yeah. good I think yeah. the pixel i think the pixel 2 is only a little bit more not the the non-xl version um it has a six it has a 6.41 inch almost six and a half inch full optic amoled screen um which is a it's a 2280 by 1080p screen um it's got the snapdragon 845 to 128 or 256 gigs of storage six gigs eight gigs of ram um, it's got the fast charge. I'm assuming the dash technology that they have. 
Yeah. Um, there, it looks like it's back to 2012 with the phone te- with the camera technology. They have a 20 megapixel and a 16 megapixel camera. Uh, I say that because of the the megapixel race that people got into with older phones. Sony, for some reason, is like we have a 45 megapixel camera. Like they're still uh, the only ones doing it. Like it doesn't make a huge difference. Right. We know what Google can do, and they have a 12 megapixel, but um, still, they they have been known to take good pictures um it has optical and eis i think that's electronic image stabilization yeah um one thing that's important to note is the video does 4k at 60 unlike the pixel 2 that's it does not have a headphone jack (laughs) and it will ship with uh, android 9 which is great um this um, one fully maxed out costs 630 dollars and that's 8 gig 256 that's, that's the most ridiculous yeah. thing I've ever heard. That's yeah. cheaper than a base model Pixel 2 with 64 gigs of yeah, storage. That's well cheaper, cheaper than the brand new yeah. 10R, the iPhone 10R, yeah. 749. That's where that one starts at. Yeah. And that's only 64 gigs. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more about this screen unlock, the the in-display fingerprint sensor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, according to them, it's it takes 0.34 seconds to unlock. Jeez. Um, which is fairly fast. Um, from the videos I've seen, it's not as fast as, as well, like I said earlier, the regular fingerprint scanner uh, that you would use, but it's it's not that much noticeable. Yeah. Um, and it goes through the fingerprint, and there's a special area where you have to uh, put your finger, so it's not the entire screen, so there's like a special a area. There's a region of it. Um, and it's pretty much like a like a sensor behind the display that shines a really bright, bright light at that area. Um, and uh, it, the reflection of your fingerprint is shines on that sensor behind the actual display. And uh, it reads your fingerprint. Uh, you can actually see it if you shine a flashlight to it uh, when the phone's off. Uh, but other than that, you can't tell that there's actually a fingerprint sensor behind the screen there. That's um, impressive. Still regardless. Wonder how it responds to scratches. Actually, yeah. uh, Jerry rig everything on on YouTube. Did the exact, exact test. He <laughs> he scratched it in that area fairly heavily, um, and it's still right his fingerprint. Very good. Um, nice. Yeah. And was, uh, he usually destroys fingerprint sensors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> outside of any like he's taking. He a goes ham. <laughs> he like <laughs> deep grooves in there. Yeah. Um, Takes a box cutter to the fingerprint sensor. Oh, yeah. Geez. So he, if anybody is going to tear it apart, it'll be him. But yeah, um, but like this and like the, the one thing that is underrated about this phone that not many people would initially think is like is that six and eight gig of RAM feature that it has mm. um, like that's killer because uh, unlike iOS, which has uh, it's like very it's all in-house by Apple so they can optimize it perfectly for the hardware and software so they don't need all that RAM. Uh, an Android phone benefits from having all this RAM and um, usually phones like that have that six to eight gig tends to be the sweet spot for Android um, where it's just as snappy and smooth running pretty much every high power app you could throw at it as it is like in normal everyday use. So it's, it can handle pretty much everything. And I'm, I'm pretty sure anybody with an Android phone has experienced their phone slowing down because you're bogging it down with tasks at one point or another. Yeah. Or apps closing or app. like the Pixel 3. <laughs> yeah, or the Pixel 3 RAM problem that's happening. Yeah. Um, where the apps just randomly close because it's running out of memory. Um, yeah. It's closing them. There was, um, I think Marquez Brownlee was talking about um, Spotify force closing in the background because he opened the camera to take yeah. a picture. And like it just stopped playing his music and like totally killed it. It's in the middle of the song, which is kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, Oxygen OS is basically stock Android too, so yeah. that's really nice. Yeah, it is. And they they've been really good at updates. I'm I'm very happy how quickly they've been rolling out. Yeah, uh, they've been right updates. The, the only company that beats them in terms of updates right now is Essential. So mm-hmm. and yeah. of course the Pixel um, yeah. line, but well, um, that's, I consider that the baseline. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the baseline. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it's all because of Project Treble, and we're really so starting to see the fruitions of that uh, technology that allows uh, these faster rollouts of the updates. I, I really hope eventually Samsung adopts it, but they still haven't even on their latest phones. Yeah, 
Also, um, anybody coming from an iPhone, this phone also has an alert slider. It has a physical <laughs> button to toggle do not disturb mode and uh, vibrate and full sound on Android. So that's a familiar functionality for anybody who had an iPhone. Yeah. Oh, they announced the uh, for the camera specifically uh, the equivalent of what they what the Pixel announced for the night shift mode. Mm-hmm. They call it nightscape mode. Uh, it's supposed to do the similar things through okay. software, take really good low light pictures. Um, mm-hmm. And they also introduced studio lighting that is similar to the Pro Trip mode on the iPhone tens. Um, I'd be curious to see how this camera performs. Yeah, because from what I remember in the past. OnePlus's camera wasn't their strong suit. They, yeah. It did all right, but it wasn't, you know, on the top, like, five. I mean, if you phones. give any of it, honestly, like, if you give any smartphone good enough lighting, it's going to look great. Yeah. yeah. It's, so. it's the, 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 the edge cases that really differentiate between, okay, who's the better one? And, like, The Verge made a really good point also that if you're going to spend $1,200 on a piece of technology to take good pictures... You should just buy a mirrorless camera. You shouldn't. You should not buy a phone. <laughs> yeah, because you're not going to get twelve hundred dollar quality photos. Okay. So, I'll, I don't think that'll change for a while. No, that'll be the case so. for just a good, if, good if you want good pictures, just get a point and shoot and save your money and get an essential. That's it. Just get the, the what the um the M Sony uh, MDR one hundred or whatever. Um, like Mark Six, that's only twelve hundred dollars. That's that's cheaper than an iPhone XS yeah. Max, maxed out. <laughs> yeah, a Max XS Max. Um, but yeah, so, um, I don't think there's much else to say about the phone other than it's, and probably, um, it's probably contender for one of the most compelling Android phones out right now. Yeah, for sure. If you are considering. Uh, getting a new phone and budget is you have a, a certain budget for i think this is uh, something that a lot of people should consider i think yeah. if you have a budget in general this is like a budget flagship phone yeah i know both of you are itching to come back to android so maybe <laughs> i mean it. like that's this is a it's a compelling phone it's yeah. really it's got that much under its hood that it's that impressive um so, and I think the carrier deal will be huge. Yeah, in the U.S. specifically, yeah. and you it, can it, you can text on planes with T-Mobile. So, yeah, you can do that on iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I think that segues us not at all, but nicely into the end of the episode. It would have been fine without the word segue. I think. But. Yeah, but I had to. <laughs> I had to say segue at least once. The segue counter was at zero for this episode. <laughs> Oh, one thing for the OnePlus. Sorry, it's a sad moment. Re- removal of the headphone jack. I I forgot to mention. I said Matt, it. Matt said it. Yeah. Oh, you did it. Yeah. Never mind. Do they do they give you headphones with it? Do you know that? Uh, they give you USB C headphones. They do. That's cool. Or a dongle at least. Actually, uh, no, it's a dongle. Cool. Okay. That is cool. Well, either way, they want you to get the the Bluetooth. The what's it called? What's the name of it? Their Bluetooth headset. Uh, Let's get the thirty dollar pair of, head, of USB C headphones from Google because those yeah, are great. That's what I'm probably gonna do. And now that we've talked about it like four times, yeah, it's like thirty dollars is basically a knee jerk purchase. Yeah, sorry, sorry enough. Go ahead, Matt. Close out the show. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, if you liked this discussion, you can catch up with us on any number of our social media accounts. The most likely to get a response is Twitter. So I'm just going to say the Twitter account. Just go there. Um, You can reach out to us at Industry40, all spelled out. Um, If you want to talk with us on Facebook or through perhaps a review, um, you can check us out on Facebook at Industry40, all spelled out. Or you can go to bit.ly slash i4oreview to drop us a review. Um, It helps us bring you guys a better show and it helps us know what we're doing wrong and what we're doing right. Um, if you want to listen to us after the fact, we record, we stream weekly to Twitch when we can. And I apologize about missing the last one. Um, but um, those, 
those recordings go to Podbean once a week, and you can download our great podcast on literally anything. Apple Podcasts, you can get us on Spotify, TuneIn. Um, the only thing you can't catch us on is AM and FM radio. So just not yet. Not yet. And that's yeah. <laughs> and you can catch us on TuneIn, which is basically a radio player, but um either way. Uh yeah. And I think without further ado, that's episode seventy three. So we'll see you guys in the next one. And we'll be on time this time. <laughs> See ya.